Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 52 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am Patrick. And I am Rick. And and we're happy to be back with you. Yeah, we are back in your ear canals after... What will not sound like a break at all, but it's actually been a two-week break for us. So, um, yeah, we got ahead because of vacation schedules, and so we kind of recorded ahead a little bit, and then ended up with a week off. And so, it's been a couple of weeks. How you been doing there, Patrick? Dude, we've been doing good. We've had a lot going on, uh, just in our personal lives, uh, a lot of moving parts and some changes that are that are good, and we're, uh, you know, we're. Staying, staying fairly busy. Work has really gotten slow the last couple of weeks, which is a little weird and not like concerning at all. It's just, it's allowing us, allowing me at least to focus my mind on other things that I've got going on in my life. So, um, but I mean, we've been doing good. Family's good and healthy and we're, uh, we're knocking things out. So how about you? Nice, man. We have been, uh, just kind of steady goes the course for the last couple of weeks uh we had a super busy month of june and and really most of july was busy but towards the end we slowed down and just kind of i said you know what i'm gonna start saying no to a few things and just kind of pace myself out a little bit (laughs) i mean can you believe i mean this is the first episode we've recorded in the month of august it is august of 2020 (laughs) i'm curious what disaster is gonna come up this month so well it's it's and and it's funny it's actually um, I, don't, I don't want to call it ironic or providential. I'll call it providential. I'm okay with that. But so we were texting back and forth, kind of deciding what we wanted to talk about this week. And uh, we've been we've read a little bit in the book, the 77 questions, and enjoyed reading that a little bit. And and uh, I just threw out, you know, let's talk about the problem of evil. You know, why does God allow bad things to happen? That kind of stuff. And then this week, lo and behold drops in our lap the example of the bombing uh, it's not a bombing the explosion mm-hmm. in beirut yeah so i mean there will there will be a lot of tying in to to what are right now i mean as we're recording this very very current events um you know based around the the discussion that we're going to have tonight so so it's going to be a good night a good time to discuss and and uh drink a little bit of beer and enjoy some company but yeah patrick what beer do we have on tap for tonight so tonight we're going back to the wild heaven beer company we reviewed the uh standard deluxe lager style beer um it's been it was it's pretty good it was very good it got four and a half out of five luthers from book from both of us um and tonight we're going to uh hit the white blackbird 
Belgian-style Saison from Wild Heaven Beer Company. Um, 6% ABV. Um, the cans just got, <clears throat> excuse me, it's just got like the shadowy outline of a cage with a white bird in it. Um, or a blackbird. That's a mind. white blackbird is what yeah, that is. So, um, <laughs> it's, it's very simple can, white with black text. Um, brewed in Avondale Estates, Georgia. So we're back in the state of Georgia tonight. Yep. Um, yeah, these guys are in the ATL. Yeah, they're, they're located in Atlanta. So, uh, serve your neighbors on the can. There's not really a lot of information about the beer itself on the can, except that it's a Beljo Franco Saison. Whatever that means. I, I didn't know what it meant. Honestly, when I saw the can, it reminded me of the song Blackbird by the Beatles. Yes. And so that's why I bought it. <laughs> so, um, the website says it's a, uh, it's brewed with generous amounts of pink peppercorns to extenuate the herbal, earthy, spicy notes of this amazing yeast. Never would have used the <laughs> terms amazing and yeast together. Um, but there you go. And then uh, Korean pears are marinated in Chardonnay and added to the fermentation, which results in a host of savory flavors. It sounds like it better be a host of savory flavors. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what a saison is. What kind of beer a Saison is? I think typically Saison has to do with, like, art. But I don't know how it applies to beer. So, a quick Google search turned up this. Saison is a pale ale that is highly carbonated, fruity, spicy, and often bottle-conditioned. Whoops. It is historically brewed with low alcohol levels, but modern productions of the style have moderate to high levels of alcohol. So... There you go. That's what a Saison is, in case you uh, wanted to know. The more you know. Gotcha. I think Saison was an artist, actually, now that I think about it. Could have been. I'm just remembering a, a specific Brian Regan bit where he's asked, <laughs> what's your favorite Saison? And he responds with, Winter. <laughs> I love Brian Regan. He's... He's hilarious. You too. You too. Yes. So, um, do we want to pre-rate this thing? We've kind of been, like, hit or miss yeah. with that. Or do we want hey, to just crack just, it open and pour them up? Let's just crack it open and pour them up. All right. Well, here we go. Let's, let's do it. The White Blackbird from Wild Heaven Beer Company. In three, two, one. Crack. I mistimed it, but that's okay. Yeah. This uh, this smells intriguingly good. It's it's very um, very beer smelling. Yes, which is why it's intriguingly good to me. Pour it at an angle to not get the foamy like extra head on it. This is uh, I don't I don't know what that smell is. It smells like something else we've had. Oh, you're right. What is that? Um, I can't think of it right now. It's definitely highly carbonated. This thing looks like a, uh, one of those sparkling, like, grape juice things. Mm -hmm. Holy smokes. <laughs> Rarely do you end up with that much bubble in your, in your beer. Yeah. Even when you pour it up all smooth-like and stuff. Mine's not that bad, actually. Mine's, no, yours mine's isn't. pretty, uh... I don't know if you can see mine or not. Oh, mine's, wow. Yeah, yours is... What did I do wrong? Bad. Mine's or, been in or the what fridge. did I do wrong? Mine's been in the fridge. It should be cold. Question might be, what did I do wrong? I don't know. I'm. Ex I mean, 
I haven't had a beer in a couple of days, so it's, you know, me neither. So let's uh let's turn up the white blackbird and see what happens. All right. And uh, hopefully it'll be good. All right, here we go. Bottoms up. Okay. That's I don't know I don't know what to think about that. That's very surprising. Surprising in a good way or surprising don't really know how to explain it. Um it, both it, like it's okay. good, but I don't like I don't I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> This might be the this might be the most different beer that I think I, I think we've had on the podcast. Not like, not unique, just like not unique, but I just don't I, I don't know how to peg it. It is a like my initial thought is like very standard beer flavor. Sorry, yeah. my dogs are barking in the background. <laughs> um, very standard beer flavor. Yeah. Um, but there's something else in it. Like, so the website says that the aftertaste is very dry, and I get that. Yeah. It's it got, is. it's almost like a. Um, <laughs> it's almost like it's got a kick to it. Yeah. But like a, like a spicy kick, not just like a. I don't know how to. It's. Like it's almost it's all I, I don't know if it's the carbonation the extra carbonation's got that like soda feel to it um that kind of burns your tongue a little bit yeah um but it's uh, even the flavor itself is just I don't I, I don't maybe it's the pears maybe it's the pears and I, I think it's I, uh, I, the chardonnay and a little bit of wine I think I think that I mean. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Sorry, that was a coherent <laughs> thought. Um, you thought all of that out in your head and didn't say a word. Yeah. Of it. <laughs> um, so, like, I just like, this is gonna sound this is gonna be gross. Bear with me, but I just like burped up a little bit, and <laughs> I tasted pear. Like, I, it's yes. very specific pear flavor. Yes. Um, it's not bad. No. I'm, I think you're right. I think it has to do with the wine-soaked pears being added to the <laughs> fermentation process. Fermentation, whatever that is. Um, do you want to rate it first, or do you want me to rate it first? <laughs> I can. I'll go ahead and rate it because I. Okay. When I first sipped it, I was pretty sure about where I'm where I was at. I've actually come up a little bit, and this is going to be shocking here. I'm actually going yeah. to give it three and a half Luthers. Okay. Um, it's not. It's not terrible. It's not great. It's yeah. it's different in a way that's just slightly off-putting. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like I'm not a wine guy, so the Chardonnay thing is like me, yeah. kind of a like I'm I'm not really all that interested in that already. Um, it's got a decent. I mean, I've already drank over half of it, so yeah, I'm obviously enjoying it to some degree. Um. I mean, it's it's a decent beer, and that's really all I have to say about it. <laughs> well, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, I, I, the smell of it, I wanted it to be better than it actually was. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so for me, I'm going to have to go a little bit lower than three and a half. I'm going to go three okay. on this one just because it didn't like when I smelled it, I was like, okay, this is, I feel like this is going to be pretty good. And then when I tasted it, I was like, this is not as good as it smelled like. Where's the good beer I smelled a second ago? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't know what it was. Maybe it's the, like you said, maybe it's the wine pairs that are in there. I really um, do think that's like each sip I get. Now that sip was like all pairs. So I have no idea what to, what, <laughs> how, what's going on, but it, it has a very wine flavor. Yes. Yes. It's almost, it, I, I think of it like somebody has poured wine and beer in the same bottle mm-hmm. or can and then just sealed the can. They just yeah. mixed wine and beer in the can. Yeah. It's almost what it, it tastes like to me. So, um, I don't know if on Facebook you have seen or if you followed the Tipsy Bartender. I do see some of his posts and, and I've always wanted to try his drinks, but I'm afraid watching his posts gives me diabetes. So. <laughs> well... <laughs> He's always he's always mixing stuff in like a five gallon bucket, but it feels yeah. like this this kind of thing feels like something that because he a lot of times and we should tag him in this be like tipsy bartender we love you we think what you do is great um, come on our podcast he's also um he also does like he also cooks he's a chef also he he, and he oh, does okay. like cooking hacks he's like flaming hot Cheetos Robin. I just like his accent, to be yeah, honest. He, he's got a great... He's from the island. So, anyway. But this feels like he does a lot of things where he'll make recipes that people send in, like, submit. This feels like something he made that somebody who doesn't know what they're doing sent in. <laughs> that's kind of the that's kind of the vibe I'm getting here. So, have you seen the new... Uh, on that same vein, the new TikTok craze or whatever it is where Gordon Ramsay watches people cook things and, like, critiques them? on tiktok and he's and this lady's like oh i'm gonna teach you how to make british fish and chips he's like oh this ought to be good (laughs) (laughs) i'm not on tiktok and pretty soon no one will be on tiktok but i think that's hilarious yeah yeah it it was pretty funny you know it's and it's it's pg rated gordon ramsay for you know if you've ever watched a show where was it hell's kitchen that was basically a an hour-long bleep because of him cussing Yeah. yeah 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 so so but hey wild heaven not every beer is going to be a, a knockout of the park. Um, no. I have actually had another one of their beers, the emergency drinking beer. That beer is actually pretty decent. Um, it's probably in the four Luther range. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, again, that's it's just a pretty standard beer there. Um, but, you know, their standard deluxe was good. And this one, this one's not terrible. It's not in the two range no no it's and and i mean i i gave it three luthers and it's not it's not as bad as some of the other threes that i've given out but it's just not to me it's just not it's not in that three and a half like i'm not gonna go buy this again right so i bought my one six pack i'll drink the six pack i'll be okay with it Mm -hmm. and and i won't ever buy it again yeah so but but there you have it wild heaven beers uh white blackbird we've reviewed it and now we are going to move into our discussion on um, some frequently asked questions. About evil things. Well, more specifically about God, but that's okay. <laughs> Welcome back. Sorry. We're here. 
we're going to talk about the problem of evil. That was a really good transition for us right there. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about the problem of evil. We're going to talk about... So the two questions in the 77 uh, frequently asked questions that we're going to kind of thumb through and just discuss a little bit tonight. The questions they propose are, why does God allow suffering? And why doesn't God stop suffering now? And And... These two really all, both of these questions really link together into the the larger question of of uh, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people, the problem of evil, um, what do we do with evil in the world, and and so just for a second, I'm I'm going to talk from a a theological perspective because I this is something that I have researched fairly extensively. Um, in, in my study, in fact, I wrote a paper on the guy that they, uh, kind of put out there as the opening question. Um, his name is Bart Ehrman and, and he's a very, very intelligent guy. And he asks a lot of very intelligent questions to Christians. Um, he doesn't claim to be a believer. He at, at one point says he was a believer and, and his journey is kind of a, a, a story that's not in tune with tonight's discussion, but he, his big, uh, one of his major books that he wrote is a book called God's problem, uh, which I have read and, and have, have interacted with pretty thoroughly in, in that paper that I wrote, um, where he basically asks, you know, all of these terrible things are happening in the world. If there's a good and loving and beneficent God in the, in the world, why doesn't he stop it? You know, why doesn't he, uh, fix things, um, you know, to even bring it all the way into events of just the last couple of days. Why did he allow 2,700 tons of ammonium nitrate to explode in a port in Beirut and kill hundreds and hundreds of people who were innocent? Um, you know, it, it really kind of seems like a, a freak accident at this point. I, I don't, you know, I'm not buying into all the conspiracy theories yet. Um, about it being a bomb or, or it was planned and, and they confiscated it. It apparently was confiscated off of a ship uh, several months ago, according to a couple of articles. But, you know, uh, in turn, what started off as what what was what looked like just kind of a freak accident where some fireworks were going off, well, then all of a sudden, you know, all this ammonium nitrate explodes and hundreds of people are dead and thousands of people are injured and... The port of Beirut is basically demolished. Mm-hmm. Uh, why does why does God allow things like that to happen? And and it's a to be fair, it is a fair question for the world to ask um, for Christians. And it's as Christians, it's something that we need to take seriously. Why do why is evil present in this world? Why is it still here? Um, why do bad things happen? If we want to claim that there is a loving God. Um, how can we approach this subject? You know, what can we do about this? Mm-hmm. You know? So that's where, that's kind of where we're coming from. That's where we're going to dive into this question tonight. Um, is, is why does God allow suffering? And I really, I really like kind of the, the opening paragraph that under, underneath where these guys talk for a little bit, they, they kind of break this thing out into into a bunch of different questions and I'm going to read it um because this is this is a really good way to just kind of start the conversation um and it's talking about he's talking about the different questions that that people have and it says 
Some say that suffering is God's punishment for sin, or a test of faith, or the devil's attack on humans and planet Earth, or God's means of redemption, or a huge mystery that we have no right to question uh, God on why it happens. Yet, we believe the question is a valid one that deserves a response. We acknowledge that a belief that a brief discussion on the subject is uh, is made inadequate, but we hope to provide some uh, some perspective. And I, and I think that's where we're coming from tonight. Mm-hmm. Is you know we're we're definitely not going to put an end to this this question tonight. Um, but we kind of echo with the the sentiment there of the authors, um, where we're just going to talk about it. Here's what it is. Here's here's what we think about it. Um, and and where do we go from here? How should Christians? And I think a lot of these questions that we've kind of gotten to are. How should Christians be responding to to a lot of these mm-hmm. questions? Yeah. So, yeah. What you got there? What so, you got there, Patrick? So, when I think about like, why does God allow suffering, and and really, why does God allow anything to happen? Um, the ultimate means is His glory. Yeah. So, I mean, if it's something great, if it's a um, a wedding ceremony, the birth of a child, um, a major accomplishment in your life. God, God allows that to happen so that God can get, so that he can get the glory. But at the same time, on the opposite end of the spectrum, when you look at things like, um, the loss of a family member, um, uh, disease, loss of job, uh, freak accidents, natural disasters, all these things, they're also opportunities for God to receive glory. So, um, and I think, I don't know how this is going to come across, but I think to God there is no good or bad events. Right. Events are neutral. Yes. So it's either, you know, we perceive things as either good or bad. To mm-hmm. God, it's just a, it's just an opportunity for him to receive glory. Exactly. And that's actually, that's a really kind of good starting point on, on the discussion <clears throat> because, and, and I'm going to get in, in, into this in a little bit, but there's actually a point in these two questions where I, I have a, I actually have a major disagreement with the authors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so we're going to, we're going to get to that, but the ultimate kind of point of the problem of evil is, is to bring God glory. And, and I've never, um, fully understood this and it's hard it's hard for me to think about it this way mm-hmm. um but i was listening to a teaching uh by a guy named rc sproul one time and he was talking about our kind of our our conception or our construct of the idea of justice and he said we always think of it as uh justice or injustice mm-hmm. and he said you know it's it, it's not bad to think about it that way, but when you try to think about it from God's perspective, exactly what you were talking about. It's not that there's justice and injustice to God. It's either justice or not justice. Right. And, and that may, that may seem like you're, you're playing semantics with words because injustice means not justice, but from, from God's perspective, he is just. Mm -hmm. And so in order to be just, he has to he has to draw you know basically draw a line and and there's and what he does is he draws this circle <clears throat> and he says everything inside the circle is justice and everything outside of the circle is non justice um and and if you if you talk about 
um, the world as a whole, the only people who really receive justice in this world are the people who go to hell. Mm-hmm. And now that, now that seems counterintuitive on, on the, on the surface. Right. But when you think about it, like if we, if we believe that our sin is condemnation and condemnation leads to hell, then, then the people who go to hell are actually receiving justice. Right. What everybody else who receives salvation, they get non-justice. Right. Because the, I mean, the people who end up in hell get what they deserve. Exactly. Regardless of anything that they've done, whereas people who put their trust and faith and trust in Jesus get the not justice that the their humanity says they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. We get the merits of Christ is what we get for those of us who are believers who have placed our faith and trust in Christ. We don't get justice. We get mercy. Right. Mercy is not justice. Right. And that's where, and that's where he draws that line. And, and it was kind of like, it was a light bulb moment for me. I, again, I don't think I fully understand it to this point, but, but I'm trying to continually understand it. And, and when you think about it that way, it really changes changes the way that you view a lot of other subject areas, right? You know, because because you start thinking about things from an eternal perspective, and you try to think about things from a, a broader historical perspective, and it and it leads you down these roads where you think a little bit more critically about issues like racism that we talked about a few weeks ago. You know, issues like um, injustice and marginalization in the world today. And and these all have their roots in this question of why does God allow suffering? Mm-hmm. You know, as Christians, we're supposed to be people who stand for for truth and justice or, or truth and love. And so we're supposed to defend the poor. We're supposed to defend the marginalized. We're supposed to defend the oppressed. That's what we are to be as Christians. And so we are to to bring we're supposed to, you know, in, in the book of Amos Hey, the the prophet Amos is always calling down for justice like mighty rivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he wants to see this kind of stuff come from God, and and that's what we're that's kind of supposed to be our heart and our prayer that we ask God for is right. to bring justice into this world. Um, <clears throat> so, so kind of the uh, as I as I go through this and I think about it, um, one of the things that that is pressing. And I kind of want, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it out there this this sentence and let's just let's discuss it for a minute. It says, um, talking about God and and not answering suffering. He it says he has not ignored suffering. He is redeeming the world from it. They make that statement, and I thought that was a pretty pretty good statement because it really kind of brings the whole thing into perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, as as the way that. God, what we perceive as something bad may not necessarily be bad from God's perspective. Right. And, and when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you get a new perspective on your circumstances. Mm-hmm. So you could be going through the exact same thing with that you were going through without Jesus. But now that you have Jesus, you look at it as, oh, this is for my good. Also, it's for my glory. And I think that, I think having that perspective is something that, um, one of the guys in my in a discipleship group I was in a couple of years ago, he really drove home at uh, one point was like, look, whatever you're going through, 
if it's if it, you perceive it as good or bad, it's for your good, but also and more importantly, it's for God's glory. So, um, when God is redeeming the world through suffer from suffering, it's a um, it's a perspective shift on yeah. how you see the world that you're in, how you're seeing the circumstances that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have to, again, we have to go back and, and really, we have to think of things not from our own personal perspective a lot of times. And, and that's where, that's where I struggle is I want to see things the way I interpret the world. And I want to think the way I interpret the world is the right way to interpret the world. Mm-hmm. When in reality, what I need is I need to have, uh, you know, God's vision goggles on and, and I, and I need to see, try to see the world the way he sees the world. Right. You know, and when I do that, it makes me, it makes me change the way that I perceive certain people, you know, people that I disagree with. Well, my natural inclination says, I'm just going to dismiss them. I'm going to talk bad about them. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But when I put on the perspective that God would want me to have, I see that person as somebody who is created in God's image. They carry the Imago Dei. They are worthy of dignity and respect. For me, whether I like to give it to them or not, because they are a creation of God. And and so when we talk about suffering, when we talk about per- perceived suffering from our perspective, mm-hmm. we you know, we need to we need to look at what somebody else might see see suffering as as well. And so um, to to link it back to something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the the plight or the the suffering of a young black man is going to be different from the suffering that I have as a white person, mm-hmm. you know, and so so it's I have to try to understand his perspective on why he views police officers the way he views them, you know, yeah. you know, I, I and and so. Once I understand that, once I kind of put myself in his shoes for for a little bit and try to understand that, it's going to help me understand his suffering, which is going to, you know, it's going to give me a fuller understanding of what the glory of God is going to look like right. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Because God is going to use all the events of history, and this is this goes back to why we say that all the events of history are ordained, they're foreordained by God, because he is going to bring himself the maximum amount of glory when it's all said and done. Yeah. We may not understand now. We might, we may not even see how it's going to work out, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he's going to bring himself the maximum amount of glory, uh, through the events that happen. And, and what that means is, you know, and, and I've always used this analogy and I don't, I don't know if it's, if it fits or not, but you can't have a world series unless you have two teams. Well, we may not even have a World Series this year, um, but <laughs> but you can't you can't have a championship. I'll put it that way: you can't have a championship mm-hmm. unless you have two teams, and you you can't have a championship unless one of those teams defeats the other one. Right. And and so so in every aspect of our life, we are perfectly okay with somebody winning and somebody losing. Somebody getting what they want and somebody suffering to, to word it differently, but we're not okay with that in our daily life. Right. You know, 
uh, it, it's kind of comical, but I always think about the movie Bruce Almighty. Um, Great movie. When, when he when he gets the you know the whole like he's God kind of vibe going on, and then uh, I love that his his email comes in and goes Yahweh, and it sounds like Yahoo or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he's just like you know I'm going to answer everybody yes. Well, you know after that, like a hundred people or a hundred thousand people win the lottery, so nobody gets any money. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's one of those like. You, you, everybody can't have everything right. because if everybody had everything, then then it it, it would all kind of falls apart. Yeah, there's there's no perspective for goodness when everything is going good. Exactly. If you don't have evil to compare goodness to, then you don't have a definition of what good is. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's that's kind of a major hinge point on this discussion of. Why does God allow evil things to happen? Well, he allows evil things to happen to display and to show his goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, think about, I mean, the vast majority of, of people haven't had to deal with like extreme evil, like, or extreme suffering. Like, like I'm not saying that like no one has ever suffered, but everyone's suffering looks different. Yeah. In, in America, we don't suffer like a lot of people in the rest of the world. Suffer. Right, right, right. So, in I mean, even in America, like you talked about, we have different ra- like ranges, different levels of suffering, I guess. Um, but it's important to, you know, suffering is necessary so that we can see the times that are not suffering, that, that, are, yeah. that are good, so... You you can't appreciate the mountaintop if you've never been in the valley. Yeah, you know it's it's one of those one of those things where yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like if you like you could take a helicopter to the peak of Mount Everest, but it wouldn't mean as much as if you had climbed the whole thing. Exactly, and and struggled and been through and mm-hmm. and, and so you know this this kind of leads us into the into the second question. Of why doesn't God stop suffering? The reason he doesn't stop suffering is because he's he's disciplining, he's teaching, um, however you want to call it. Every it, We, we kind of have a negative connotation in our world about the word discipline. Um, and, I, and I wish we could get back to discipline as a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, honestly, the the root word for discipline is disciple. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's we're called to be disciples. And, and that requires discipline on our part as Christians. And so um, we, we can take the bad and the good, and we can, we can put it all together and say, this bad thing happened, this good thing happened. I can tell you in my life there are certain bad things that have happened, but all of those bad things have led to the, me learning a lesson or something that is good. Yeah. You know, and, and so... So just because something is bad doesn't mean you have to get it out of your life. And that's, you know, I, I really believe that's a problem with our society today is, is we have cancel this culture. Yes. Cancel culture. I mean, oh gosh, <laughs> um, we have cancel culture. We have boycott culture. And, and I mean, I'm not going to go into those, but let me just say Christians, you created cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, I understand 
but you created it with your boycotts of the the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s and anybody you disagree with you're going to boycott them well congratulations you created cancel culture sorry that yep. might be the that might be the beer talking right there um that that's that's your baby deal with it um but but you you know we've gotten to this point where everything has to be good. We can't have winners and losers. Now everybody gets participation trophies. We can't, we don't keep score because one team will feel bad. And we, we, we've gotten into this idea of what Christian Smith calls moralistic therapeutic deism. And, and he relates it to, you know, we've kind of relativized our morals as a culture, but in reality, we've relativized everything. Mm-hmm. We've tried to make everything so that there's nothing bad in our lives. And we're afraid of the bad stuff in our lives because bad means you don't have it together. Bad means you're broken. Bad means you're going to lose sometimes. That's, you know, that's what we equate that with. And, that, you know, that's that's just a wrong way of thinking. Right. You know, Jesus doesn't try to win everything. Because he knows in the end he's going to win. Yeah, I mean they they, they talk they talked about in the in this chapter on why doesn't God stop the suffering now that Jack, like even Jesus asked why like like yeah like he was saying you know um you know they say that on a human level Jesus didn't want to suffer which isn't a weird thing like he knew what was about to happen so he wouldn't want like. As a, as fully man, he wouldn't want to experience that, um, but he went through with it anyway. Um, and then he asks, "My God, my God, why have you abandoned me?" Um, and if you think about it, it's the first time in the history of ever that Jesus has been separated from the Father. Yeah, like he's experienced what it's like to be. I mean. I think he was experiencing what it's like to be fully man, separated from God for the first time. Yeah. And he's experienced yeah. his suffering, and he's like, this, like, feel, I think he fully understood the weight of that. Yeah. Um, if you take that verse, the, those verses there in Matthew 25, and you tie them back to verses like Isaiah 53, he was crushed for our iniquities he was you know he was bruised for our transgressions um it puts a different perspective on those mm-hmm. um and and as much as i do agree with what they're saying here in this in this section where they say you know even jesus asked why there's a fundamental part of me that disagrees with with what they're saying as well mm-hmm. because um you know, it's it's one of those like Jesus when he when he quotes and they mention it when he's on the cross and he says the words there in in the Greek are Eloi Eloi lama sabachthani, and um, or I guess that would be Hebrew or Aramaic. Um, in in that that right there, he is quoting Psalm twenty two, and you got to think about where he is at that moment. He's on the cross. He's surrounded by the religious leaders who have put him there. And now these religious leaders would have, they would have been able to quote almost the entire Old Testament. So he starts off quoting Psalm 22 and they keep on, they, in their mind, it's, it's like, uh, the way I heard this talk one time was if I said amazing grace, how sweet the sound, what are you going to respond? That's the same dress like me. 
Exactly. You know exactly what comes next. And so if you read all the way through Psalm 22, it starts off, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you put me in the pit? Why have you thrown me down? But the end of Psalm 22, he's, he is raised up. He is resurrected. He is conquered. Every, and so they're, they're hearing this. And what looks like, what appears to be the moment of God turning his back on his son is actually the moment of his glorification, is actually mm-hmm. the time when all of this consummates. And they, it, it's, it's like your mind explosion because you go, oh, my gosh, what have I done? Mm-hmm. You have this moment of what have I done? And, and so, yes, I do agree that, that this suffering is terrible and it's awful. And why did God allow it? And Jesus suffered through this and he questioned it and he he said you know god if there's any way that this cup can pass from me please let it do that there is that but at the exact same time there's this other side of the tension that says in this suffering i am going to conquer everything even death Mm -hmm. and so you know why does god allow suffering why doesn't he stop suffering because most of the time he's molding you into something that he wants you to be for his glory. Yeah. He's turning you, he's putting you on that potter's wheel and he's fashioning you and it's painful at times and it hurts to go from a moldy lump of clay that's flat into a, a beautiful vase that's curved and has uh, ridges in it and it hurts to do that. But in the end, the pottery is worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what the potter fashions out of the clay that he, he has is worth it to tell the story of who he is and what he has done in our lives. Mm. And so, so it's almost, I mean, it's this, it's this weird, strange dichotomy of this back and forth thing. Um, but I, I think suffering really paints a beautiful picture of what God can do with somebody who is as broken as you or me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Anything else? Um, We may have kept this short tonight. Who knows? I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like the main, the, just the main point that we've kind of driven home and correct me if I'm wrong, but it just feels like, you know, if you feel like you're going through suffering or if you feel like you're going through a hard time, like, like know that God's not, God hasn't abandoned you. God hasn't, left you out to dry mm-hmm. um but he's he there's a reason for your suffering it's not just like and the reason's not because of anything you've necessarily done yeah the reason is because god wants to grow you and mature you and and have you trust in him more and and um he, he just wants you to be more like his son and in your suffering you reflect his glory yeah and they the the authors put it really well in this kind of closing paragraph on on this question of of why doesn't god stop suffering it says we may not understand god's plan but we can trust in his person Mm. and so you know and, and really and truly, I mean, that, that's what we're saying here is think of, think of Habakkuk. Um, think of Job. 
Think of Amos. Think of really, I mean, almost all of the minor prophets. Mm-hmm. Um, think of Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah never saw one convert at all. And, and yet he's, he's listed among the major prophets of the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if a pastor never led a single person to Christ and they only had a 10 person church their entire life, we wouldn't call them a successful pastor right. in our, in our yeah. world's perspective, perspective. Yet Jeremiah is a major prophet. Hmm. And so, you know, that's all it's, perspective. It's, and, yeah. And he's called, I mean, he's called the weeping prophet because so much of his stuff is, is just this, it's almost lament. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so when we change our perspective to try to try to look at something the way God sees it, it really changes the way we view suffering. And so when you get to a time when you're suffering, when you're in some type of suffering, don't waller in woe is me, woe is me. Instead, pray, seek God's face and say, God, what are you teaching me in this moment? What can I learn about you and your character and your goodness? Yeah. In this time, because we can't, again, we can't appreciate his goodness on the mountaintop until we've seen his sustain, sustaining in the valleys. Yeah. And that's, and that's also not to like minimize your suffering. If you're, if you're dealing with something, it's not to say like, oh, just God's got a greater plan for you. But at the same time, like God's got a greater plan for you. Um, Walk through your suffering. And, mm -hmm. And I mean, look at Job. I mean, 42 chapters of Job. If you ever want to see a picture of walking through suffering, read the book of Job. The dude had boils. The dude lost his family, his house, his cars, his everything. He lost everything. And he was one of the richest guys in the world at the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine if Bill Gates lost everything. Microsoft failed. His wife died. His kids left him. His, you know, everything. And he has nothing left. And then Bill Gates still says something, you know, blessed be the name. I don't think mm-hmm. Bill Gates would say that. But, but you, see, you know, a guy who's on top of the world loses everything. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what Job was. And Job worked through it. Job struggled through it. There's times where Job curses, and they mentioned this, Job curses his own birth. You know, I wish my mother's knees would have not, not pushed me forth into the world. It, it's okay to struggle. It's okay to to put your laments to God. That's the reason we have the book of lamentations. That's the reason we have psalms of lament. Because God knows you're going to struggle. God knows these things are coming. And he's prepared a time for you to, to lament. It's part of human nature mm-hmm. to do these things. So do it. Lament. Complain. Get it off of your chest. That's what God wants. And and. You know, it's in in the book they wrote. God wants relationships, and I kind of I, I half heartedly, kind of half jokingly scratched it out and wrote, "God desires His glory." Mm-hmm. And and while I understand their intention, I think God's ultimate desire is His glory. But He can pursue His glory through relationships with with us. He wants to He wants us to talk to Him. He wants us to treat Him as if He is our Father. Right. Because he is our father. And so so we have to approach him that way. You know, uh, and, and I never really understood this really until I became a parent. But you always think your parents had it so easy 
raising you and, and you were such a good kid and I thought the same about myself, but then you have your own kids and you realize what hellions they are and you're like, how did my mom and dad not murder me when I was like two years old? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I so get that. You have you have more appreciation for their struggle mm-hmm. when you have your own. Right. And it gives you a new perspective on what what you're going through and what they went through with you. Exactly. So Anything else we want to talk about tonight? No, I don't. I think we're <laughs> we we were planning on going long, but we ended up going short. It was kind of it was kind of concise tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's um the problem of evil is a hard subject to talk about because you have to deal with the hard side of God in in that in that area. So I hope this has been helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope we have encouraged you. Um, if you're going through a time of of struggle, if you're going through a hardship, you know. We, we want to encourage you to stay stay faithful to the Word of God. Stay faithful to what He teaches you. Um, I'm not going to promise you that it's going to get easier. I'm not going to promise you that everything's going to be all right tomorrow. But just know that for those who are called according to His purpose, uh, He has good things in store for you. That's what Romans 8 teaches us. Yeah. And, and seriously, if you're going through something, we would, I mean, you don't have to give us any details, but we'd love the opportunity to pray for you. Um and, and just talk about what, what's going on. So um, feel free to reach out to us. And if they want to reach out to us, they're Rick. How would they do that? So you can reach out to us on the Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. You can reach out to us on Twitter at beers and Bible P1. You can email us at beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. You can search us on Facebook and by just searching beers and Bible podcast and yeah we hope to see you there we hope to to interact with you and until next week we will see you later peace out if you enjoy what you hear on beers and bible please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast 